Shabbat Shalom, Bob. Shabbat Shalom. This week is Parashah 12. And that begins with Genesis 47, 28. You'll find that on page 55 of your complete Jewish Bible. Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. Thus Jacob lived to be 147 years old. The time came when Israel was approaching death, so he called for his son Joseph and said to him, If you truly love me, please put your hand under my thigh and pledge that out of consideration for me you will not bury me in Egypt. Rather, when I sleep with my fathers, you are to carry me out of Egypt and bury me where they are buried. He replied, I will do as you have said. He said, Swear it to me. And he swore to him. And Israel bowed down at the head of his bed. A while later, someone told Joseph that his father was ill. He took with him his two sons, Menasha and Ephraim. Jacob was told, here comes your son Joseph. So Israel gathered his strength and sat up in bed. Jacob said to Joseph, El Shaddai appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me, saying to me, I will make you a fruitful, I will make you fruitful and numerous. I will make of you a group of peoples and I will give this land to your descendants to possess forever. Now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine, Ephraim and Manasseh, will be as much mine as Reuben and Simon are. The children born to you after them will be yours, but for purposes of inheritance, they are to be counted with your older brothers. Now, as for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died suddenly, as we were traveling through the land of Canaan, while we were still some distance from Ephraim. So I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, also known as Bait Lechem. Then Israel noticed Joseph's sons and asked, Whose are these? And Joseph answered his father, They are my sons, whom God has given to me. And Jacob replied, I want you to bring them here to me so that I can bless them. Now Israel's eyes were dim with age, so that he could not see. Joseph brought his sons near to him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see even you again, but God has allowed me to see your children too. Joseph brought them out from between his legs and prostrated himself on the ground. Then Joseph took them both. Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near to him. But Israel put out his right hand and laid it on the head of the younger one, Ephraim, and put his left hand on the head of Manasseh. He intentionally crossed his hands, even though Manasseh was the firstborn. Then he blessed Joseph. The God in whose presence my fathers Abraham and Isaac lived, the God who has 
been my own shepherd all my life long to this day. The angel who has rescued me from all harm, bless these boys. May they remember who I am and what I stand for. And likewise, my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, who they were and what they stood for. And may they grow into teeming multitudes on earth. When Joseph saw that his father was laying his right hand on Ephraim's head, it displeased him. And he lifted up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head and place it on Manasseh's head. Joseph said to his father, Don't do it that way, my father, for this one is firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know that, my son, I know it. He too will become a people, and he too will be great. Nevertheless, his younger brother will be greater than he, and his descendants will grow into many nations. Then he added this blessing on them that day. Israel will speak of you in their own blessings by saying, May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Thus he put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. Israel then said to Joseph, You see that I am dying, but God will be with you and will bring you back to the land of your ancestors. Moreover, I'm giving to you a Shechem, a shoulder, a ridge, a share, the city of Shechem, more than to your brothers. I captured it from the Amorite with my sword and bow. And Jacob called for his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, and I will tell you what will happen to you at the end times. Assemble yourselves and listen, sons of Jacob. Pay attention to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my strength, the firstfruits of my manhood. Though superior in vigor and power, you are unstable as water, so your superiority will end because you climbed into your father's bed and defiled it. He climbed into my concubine's couch. Simon and Levi are brothers, related by weapons of violence. Let me not enter their council. Let my honor not be connected with their people, for in their anger they killed men, and at their whim they maimed cattle. Cursed be their anger, for it has been fierce, their fury, for it has been cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Judah, your brothers will acknowledge you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down before you. Judah is a lion's cub. My son, you stand over the prey. He crouches down and stretches like a lion, like a lioness who dares to provoke him. The scepter will not pass from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his legs, until he comes to whom obedience belongs, and it is he whom the peoples will obey. Trying, tying his donkey to a vine, his donkey's colt to the choice grapevine. 
He washes his clothes in vine, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes will be darker than wine, his teeth whiter than milk. Zebulun will live at the seashore, with ships anchoring along his coast and his border at Zidon. Issachar is a strong donkey, lying down in the sheep sheds. On seeing how good is settled life and how pleasant the country, he will bend his back to the burden and submit to forced labor. Dan will judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan will be a viper on the road, a horned snake in the path that bites at the horse's heels, so its rider falls off backward. I wait for your deliverance, Adonai. Gad, which means troop, a troop will troop on him, but he will troop on their heel. Asher's food is rich. He will provide food fit for a king. Naphtali is a doe set free that bears beautiful fawn. Now Joseph is a fruitful plant, a fruitful plant by a spring, with branches climbing over the wall. The archers attacked him fiercely, shooting at him and pressing him hard. But his bow remained taut, and his arms were made nimble by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. From there... From the shepherd of the stone of Israel, by the God of your father who will help you, by El Shaddai who will bless you with blessings from heaven above, blessings from the deep lying below, blessings from the breasts of and the womb, blessings of your father are more powerful than the blessings of my parents extending to the furthest of the everlasting hills. They will be on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the prince among his brothers. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf, in the morning devouring the prey, in the evening still dividing the spoil. All these are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is how their father spoke to them and blessed them giving each his own individual blessing. Then he charged them as follows. I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my ancestors in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, the cave in the field of Machpelah by Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought together with the field from Ephron the Hittite as a burial place belonging to him. There they buried Abraham and his wife Sarah. There they buried Isaac and his wife Rebekah. And there I buried Leah. The field and the cave in it, which was purchased from the sons of Het. When Jacob had finished charging his sons, He drew his legs up into the bed, breathed his last, and was gathered to his people. Joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him. Then Joseph ordered the physicians in his service to embalm his father. So the physicians embalmed Israel. Forty days were spent at this. 
the normal amount of time for embalming. Then the Egyptians mourned for him seventy days. When the period of mourning was over, Joseph addressed to the household of Pharaoh, I would like to ask a favor. Tell Pharaoh, my father had me swear an oath. He said, I'm going to die. You are to bury me in my grave, which I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. Therefore, I beg you, let me go up and bury my father. I will return. Pharaoh responded, go up and bury your father as he made you swear. So Joseph went up to bury his father. With him went all Pharaoh's servants, the leaders of his household and the leaders of the land of Egypt, along with the entire household of Joseph, his brothers and his father's household. Only their little ones, their flocks and their cattle did not leave in the land of Goshen. Moreover, there went up with him both chariots and horsemen. It was a very large caravan. When they arrived at the threshing floor at Atad, beyond the Jordan, they raised a loud and bitter lamentation, mourning for his father seven days. When the local inhabitants, the Canaanites, saw the mourning on the floor of Atad, they said, How bitterly the Egyptians are mourning! This is why the place was given the name Abel Mitzarium, Morning of Egypt, there beyond the Jordan. His sons did to him as he had ordered them to do. They carried him into the land of Canaan and buried him in the grave in the field of Machpelah, which Abraham had bought along with the field as a burying place belonging to him from Ephron the Hittite by Mamre. Then, after burying his father, Joseph returned to Egypt, he, his brothers, and all who had gone up with him to bury his father. Realizing that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers said, Joseph may hate us now and pay us back in full for all the suffering we caused him. So they sent a message to Joseph which said, Your father gave this order before he died. Say to you, say to Joseph, I beg you now, please forgive your brother's crimes and wickedness in doing you harm. So now we beg of you, forgive the crime of the servants of God, your, of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him, and his brothers too came, prostrated themselves before him and said, Here we are your slaves. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You meant to do me harm, but God meant it for good, so that it would come about as it is today, with many people's lives being saved. So don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. In this way, he comforted them, speaking kindly to them. Joseph continued living in Egypt, he and his father's household. Joseph lived 110 years. 
Joseph lived to see Ephraim's great-grandchildren and the children of Manasseh's son, Mechar, were born on Joseph's knees. Joseph said to his brothers, I am dying, but God will surely remember you and bring you up out of this land to the land which he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the sons of Israel. God will surely remember you, and you are to carry my bones up from here. So Joseph died at the age of 110, and they embalmed him and put him in a coffin in Egypt. Then we have 1 Kings 2, 1 through 12. Find that on page 368. The time came near for David to die. So he commissioned Solomon, his son, as follows. I am going the way of all the earth. Therefore be strong. Show yourself a man. Observe the charge of Adonai your God to go in his ways and keep his regulations, mitzvah, rulings and instructions in accordance with what is written in the Torah of Moses so that you will succeed in all you do and wherever you go. If you do, Adonai will fulfill what he promised me when he said, If your children pay attention to how they live, conducting themselves before me honestly with all their heart and being, you will never lack a man on the throne of Israel. Moreover, you are aware of what Joab the son of Itzura, did to me. That is, that he did to the two commanders of the armies of Israel, Abner, the son of Ner, and Amasa, the son of Jeter, he killed them, shedding the blood of war in peacetime, putting the blood of war on the belt around his waist and the shoes on his feet. Therefore, act according to your wisdom. Don't let this gray head go down to the grave in peace. But show kindness to the sons of Barzillia the Gilead. Include them with those who eat at your table, because they came and stood with me when I was fleeing from Absalom, your brother. Finally, you have with you... Shimonai, the son of Gerda the Benjamini from Bershuchilin. He laid a terrible curse on me when I was on my way to Machilin. But he came down to meet me at the Jordan. So I swore to him by Adonai that I would not have him put to death with a sword. Now, however, you should not let him go unpunished. You are a wise man, and you will know what you should do to him. You will bring his gray head down to the grave with blood. Then David slept with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. David had ruled Israel for 40 years, seven years in Hebron, and 33 years in Jerusalem. Solomon sat on the throne of David his father, and his rule had become firmly established. Then, when Ad, oh, 
Then we have John 13, 1 through 19. Find that on page 1348. It was just before the festival of Passover, and Yeshua knew that the time had come for him to pass from this world to the Father. Having loved his own people in the world, he loved them to the end. They were at supper, and the adversary had already put the desire to betray him into the heart of Judah, <clears throat> Ben Simon from Iscariot. Yeshua was aware that the Father had put everything in his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he rose from the table, removed his outer garments, and wrapped a towel around his waist. When he poured some water into a basin and began to wash his feet, the feet of the disciples, and wiped them off with the towel wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, you are washing my feet? And Yeshua answered him, You don't understand yet what I am doing, but in time you will understand. No, said Peter, you will never wash my feet. Yeshua answered him, if I don't wash you, you have no share with me. Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not only my feet, but my hands and head too. Yeshua said to him, A man who has had a bath doesn't need to wash except his feet. His body is already clean. And you people are clean, but not all of you. He knew who was betraying him. This is why he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, <clears throat> taken back his clothes and returned to the table, he said to them, Do you understand what I've done to you? You call me Rabbi and Lord, and you are right because I am. Now if I, the Lord and Rabbi, have washed your feet, you also should wash each other's feet. For I have set you an example so that you may do as I have done to you. Yes, indeed, I tell you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is an emissary greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I'm not talking to all of you. I know which ones I have chosen. But the words of the Tanakh must be fulfilled that say, The one eating my bread has turned against me. I'm telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you may believe that I am who I say I am. Yes, indeed, I tell you that a person who receives someone I send receives me, and that anyone who receives me receives the one who sent me. And then we have <clears throat> 1 Peter 1, 1 through 9. You'll find that on page 1515. From Peter, an emissary of Yeshua the Messiah. To God's chosen people, living as aliens in Dysphoria, in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, 
the province of Asia and Bithynia, chosen according to foreknowledge of God the Father and set apart by the Spirit for obeying Yeshua the Messiah and for sprinkling with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in full measure. Praise be God, Father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, who in keeping with his great mercy has caused us through the resurrection of Yeshua the Messiah from the dead to be born again to a living hope, to an inheritance that cannot decay, spoil, or fade, kept safe for you in heaven. Meanwhile, through trusting, you are being protected by God's power for deliverance, ready to be revealed at the last time. Rejoice in this, even though for a little while you may have to experience grief in various trials. Even gold is tested for genuineness by fire. The purpose of these trials is so that your trust's genuineness, which is far more valuable than perishable gold, will be judged worthy of praise, glory, and honor at the revealing of Yeshua the Messiah. Without having seen him, you love him. Without seeing him now, but trusting in him, you continue to be full of joy that is glorious beyond words. And you are receiving what your trust is aiming at, namely, your deliverance. Thank you, Father God, for this wonderful Shabbat. This is the last Shabbat in this secular year that we have to live in. Yes, we live in secular times in the world that has changed many, many things since you were walking closer with us. So when the new year comes, many people are hopeful, and we pray that this hope will spread and that you will have a part in it, Lord. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Amen.